Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. This is episode six of Recruiting Hell, and I thought it was high time we brought someone uh, in who had a few more resources than myself for our listeners. I've been really looking forward to this episode, not only for the information we're going to give you, but also for the technical challenges it poses, as our guest uh, today is nearly halfway around the world for me. Uh, this is the first in what I hope will be a series of episodes around resumes and other topics, proceeding in something of a course-style format. So we'll call this episode Resume 101. And eventually we'll get to a 201 on this topic, but we'll likely have a few more episodes uh, with the 101 title as well, kind of a set of series within this whole series of a podcast. Uh, but before I introduce our wonderful guest today, uh, for those who are just tuning into Recruiting Hell for the first time, I feel it's important to outline the purpose of this show and why we call it Recruiting Hell. Recruiting Hell is a term I use to describe the frustration of job hunting in 2020. If you head to any major job site or employer, there are endless opportunities but it's gotten more and more difficult to land them for the average person. The whole goal of this show is to give you the tools to help you find a job that brings you fulfillment and worth. Now, not everyone defines their self-worth on their job, but American culture places a heavy value on being a contributing member of society, and not hating what you do every day to pay the bills is a hu of huge benefit to anyone. The whole goal of this show is to help you navigate through recruiting hell by avoiding the scam jobs, the bad employers, the too much work for too little pay, and the mental stress of being out of work in, in, or in a position that you absolutely detest. We're here to help you keep your chin up after your 200th application with no response or your 50th rejection email this month or if a great opportunity decides to ghost you. Now, at the time of this recording, there are more than 20 million, yes, 20 million Americans out of work due to the pandemic, automation processes, downsizing. Many of these people may not see the jobs they left as the economy shifts towards modernizing or automating processes. They might not see these jobs come back, either because those processes are long overdue for modernization or they've been found to be extra. So in a nutshell, this show is about helping people. And if I can help just one person out there land a new position and get them out of recruiting hell, I'll call that a win. All right, so enough about why we exist. Let's get to the reason you're here. Great advice for your job hunt by someone who can help you navigate the system and bring you actionable improvements and recommendations to your search. So, Recruiting Hell listeners, it is my pleasure today to invite uh, Katie Frost of Catherine Frost Consulting onto our show today. It is great to have her here, not only as our first guest, but someone who knows a good deal about tuning up resumes and helping folks get noticed. Katie, how you doing? Hi there. I am good. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fantastic, and it's wonderful to have you uh, beaming to us around the world here from uh, from Germany, which is crazy, right? <laughs> Yes, uh, come a long way since we went back to school in Wisconsin. Yeah, most definitely. So, for, so the the uh, Katie, the folks here uh, get an idea of what you do uh, in a nutshell. Or hey, as we talked about in a previous episode, a thirty second elevator speech. Tell us a bit about your business and how it helps people who are looking for a job. 
Yeah, definitely. So I run Catherine Frost Consulting. It's uh, at this point for me, just a a smaller side hustle uh, for my nine to five job. But with my business, my aim is to, well, it's, it's actually twofold. Um, I do resume editing and writing, but then I also uh, help people look at their skills and their accomplishments in a way that maybe they hadn't considered before. And to me, that's, that's one of the, I think the biggest successes of uh, what it is that I do is helping people appreciate their accomplishments in a new way. And I write about them in a way that uh, is just trying to convey that information to employers. Uh, So I guess, yeah, in a nutshell, Catherine Frost Consulting is a resume editing and uh, writing business, but really it's, it's all about giving people confidence in their job search too. Well, I have to compliment you. Uh, I said, 30 second elevator speech that that one came out slightly longer, but usually you can get for 60 seconds, but that was just the perfect length. So everybody who needs to write an elevator <laughs> pitch, uh, pitch, take note as to what you just heard there. Now we looked, I looked at your website, Katie, and you know, you and I go, go way back and we've been friends now for about uh, 15 years, which is just, that, that's insane to think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is, isn't that a weird number to come up with? <laughs> but in that time, since, uh, since we met uh, in college, you've actually gotten some really interesting credentials uh, that help you, I, I would assume help you with your job, like being a certified professional resume writer. Uh, can you tell yes. us all a little bit about that and why it's such a, an asset for everybody? Yeah, well, and I'll actually back up just a little sure. bit from that. So I actually came into this through a career transition of my own. I've, I've been through recruiting hell myself. Um, so exactly. So when my husband first took a job overseas, um, I couldn't find a job right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working kind of within uh, a military spouse job market, even though I was no longer a military spouse myself. A lot of the jobs that were available were typically um, on-base services, uh, and I really wasn't interested in, you know, just finding a job for the sake of a job. I wanted to carry on with my career, and so initially I took uh, some time off from the workforce, and mm-hmm. I went back and got my master's degree, and so I completed that. I have a master's in public administration with a focus on public human resources management. And so that actually me, uh, gave me some more qualifications uh, for a job that I eventually got uh, helping individuals through career transitions. Uh, and then from there, I actually got interested in becoming a certified professional resume writer just to be able to assist my clientele at work a little bit more. And then I eventually took that to use it uh, in my own um, private consulting business. Um, but that certified professional resume writer certification, it's available through uh, it's an association called PARW. It's the Professional Association of Resume Writers uh, and Career cons- uh, Consultants as well. Um, but basically, when you pair up with someone that um, has a certification in uh, resume writing, you know that they are able to articulate experiences, uh, able to speak to results. Uh, there are certain formulas that are uh, very helpful in writing resume bullets. It's also about formatting and layouts taking, you know, what is relevant information, what's going to be useful for an employer, how to translate some of those skills. Uh, and so that's, that's what a certified professional resume writer does is takes the most important information, articulates it well, and uh, puts that out there in a nice, easy to read format for a potential employer. Okay. So that, that was, 
so much deeper than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but but you, I think you explained it wonderfully, uh, not only for myself, but, but also for our listeners, uh, in that you have this, this skill set that you've gone to school for, you've done all these, all these courses for, uh, that you can help people with. Now, shifting gears just slightly, you know, you mentioned some of your, your past, uh, professional experience and things like that, but with your, your current thing with Catherine, uh, Frost consulting, who do you work with primary, who, who primarily, who comes and finds you, uh, and what do they come and find you for outside of like, well, my resume needs a tune up. What, what's their, What's their main reason for for coming to see you? Well, the tune-up is a big thing, but for the most part, I would say that, you know, someone has this job in mind and they really want to put their best foot forward. And, you know, maybe they've been striking out, you know, time after Mm -hmm. time and they just, they're, I want to say they're at wit's end, but sometimes they're just like, Hey, I need to do something differently. What I'm doing isn't working for me. And so um, for the most part, I end up working with, oddly enough, I've had lots of clients in nursing. I'm not sure how that well, happened, but um, a lot of my business does come through word of mouth. And so um, word of mouth, and then also through Instagram uh, has, has also been a really good source for me. Um, but yeah, oddly enough, nursing, uh, some some military veterans. Uh, I have helped individuals just kind of coming out of their, or looking for their first job, rather, right out of getting a degree. So, you know, entry level, they're not quite sure how to write a resume. And so they just need some some pointers uh, with that first document that they're producing. Okay. Uh, so just kind of all over the place, uh, to be honest. Gotcha. Well, I want to take you back to that the nursing uh statement that you made here for half a heartbeat uh the are they transitioning into nursing or out of nursing i'm just curious um for the most part it's been uh nurses that are trying to get back into the job market after taking some time off to uh for by by and large uh stay-at-home moms uh trying to get back into the workforce um i've helped uh plenty of those uh just a big and a big challenge with that is addressing resume gaps too. Sure. Um, but yeah, for the for the most part, uh, with the the nursing, um, it's just articulating experience in a, in a different way. Um, yeah. Got it. Okay. So we we've kind of gone over who you who you work with and things like that. And actually, I, I draw a pretty pretty strong bridge between you helping folks get back into nursing and you talked about resume gaps. Uh, there's a lot of folks right now, of course, due to this delightful pandemic thing that's going on, uh, especially since I don't believe it's being terribly well managed here in America, but we won't get political. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of folks who are going to be facing that resume gap here uh, in in the future. And I think I think that maybe is a opportunity for us to have you, you know, back on in, in some future capacity. Uh, but sure. in your opinion, what is the biggest challenge that you feel faces a job seeker in the modern uh, job market today uh, in in America or, you know, even in Germany too? Sure. Uh, Well, and most of my clients, they're uh, going to be Americans. I typically help uh, too many, too many Germans, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, in terms of, you know, the biggest challenge facing job seekers, I feel like a lot of people are able to put together a pretty decent resume Yes, getting noticed is is a big thing, um, but I think one of the biggest challenges, and 
this is probably a whole other episode, but it might actually come down to job interviews. A lot of times people think they need this resume to get the job. Well, the the resume is there to get you an interview. It's the interview that gets you the job. And that's where a lot of people, I think, drop the ball. Uh, So that's, I think, you know, one one challenge out there. Um, But I mean, this job market right now, it's it's very, very challenging right now. And yeah, trying to address the gaps that you're going to have on a resume, there's definitely ways to do it. Uh, I would say... You know, one, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. <laughs> I think it's a good tangent. Keep going. <laughs> question. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that you can always do to supplement your resume is to fill it with volunteer work because you're still developing skills and uh, employers are going to look at volunteer work in a very high regard. It definitely speaks to the content of your character. If you're out there doing things for your community, volunteering at maybe your kid's school, if you're volunteering with a sports team or a church or, or something like that, maybe a homeowners association. I don't know. Um, but volunteering, you're still able to develop skills, whether it be communication skills, maybe you're the treasurer, you're the secretary taking minutes, you're uh, maybe doing some sort of problem solving uh, task that's involved. Maybe you're event planning. If it's maybe a local community event, uh, you can definitely use those on a resume and you should, especially in you know a time period where you're not working, you can still show that, Hey, I wasn't, you know, just sitting watching Netflix this whole time when in reality, you're probably spending your, your, your days looking for a job, but at the same time, you need to be able to show that you're still developing some skills there. So I think right now, uh, I think volunteer work is going to be a huge thing that, that can help people in these resume gaps. Not the direction I thought we were going to go, but that's really, it is really great. That's kind of funny. Uh, so I've kind of guess that answered my next question, you know, what's the one fix? And, and the, the one fix out there that I can hear from you is get out there, find an organization that you are passionate about, I, I would think, correct? Yeah. And that also leads into uh, some other other opportunities too. Um, volunteering also expands your own personal network. It expands uh, maybe other opportunities. Maybe you're volunteering with an organization, you get connected with other people, you find out about other job opportunities, or maybe it's a larger organization that you're volunteering for. Well, then maybe they have an office position open up and now you've already established yourself within that organization. So there's, there's definitely ways to, and you know, volunteering is always going to be done out of the, the kindness of your heart, but there's definitely ways to strategically volunteer as well. Um, and, I think that's uh, something that you can definitely use uh, to your advantage as well. Sure. Wow. That's again, not the direction I thought we were going to go here, but that, that, and that is, I guess it is a part of a resume too. You know, as I really think about it here is that the volunteer work, you know, that, that blurb you usually have, I would say usually at the bottom, right. Uh, that you mm-hmm. have, these are all the things that I do that aren't work related. Uh, I guess that could be a really great way to really build something. Uh, if you were in a, a dead heat with another uh, applicant to say, hey, but this guy volunteers at the Humane Society or whatever it might be. So he might be the person we want to uh, throw an interview to or she might be the person we want to throw an interview to. Well, and if you're, yeah, and if you're volunteering in a way that you're using professionals like event planning or communicating or providing some sort of customer service towards like a nonprofit you don't necessarily have to put that in a section at the bottom of your resume. If it's relevant experience, it might be unpaid experience, but it's still relevant professional experience in some cases. 
So you're saying that can go on in the body of a resume it, rather Certainly. than in sort of that little kind of catch all at the end. Interesting. If it, if it's relevant, if it's, if it's relevant. Okay. So everybody, everybody who's listening, pay attention to that. If it's relevant, <laughs> it can indeed go in the body. Um, however, if, if not relevant, throw it with the, uh, the yeah. miscellaneous at the end. Okay. Miscellaneous or put it in your LinkedIn because that does, I think, again, speak to the content of your personality uh, and whatnot. And it gives them, you know, a potential employer, a more holistic view of who you are, which can definitely contribute, uh, you know, to that whole process. But, I think, yeah, strategic volunteering can be very useful uh, in these situations, which, you know, that biggest challenge that we're talking about right now, I, I know I kind of hinted on that interview uh, information a little bit, but I think a lot of people, a huge challenge right now is going to be resume gaps. And this is, this is just one way that you can, that you can address it. Okay. So same kind of, I guess, same coin, if you will, maybe other side of the coin here. We're t- we're looking at people's resumes what's the biggest thing that everybody does wrong on their resume? And I know this is a little bit similar to the last question as to what's the biggest problem, but this is more about the, the paper portion. Like what's the, what's the thing that you pick up a resume for yourself uh, and you're trying to help somebody. Maybe you go. (laughs) So uh, two things here. Um, The, the big thing, and this I think just applies to all resumes and you always hear it, but very few people do it well, and it's tailoring. Every employer wants to feel special. They want to know why you're perfect for that specific position. And if you aren't changing your resume and updating it for each job that you're applying for, I know it sounds like a lot of work, but it will pay off. Uh, you need to be showing why you're specifically good for that position. The resume that you use to apply for a social media expert job is going to maybe look a little bit different than a marketing job. Uh, They might have some overlap and you can probably use a lot of that content from resume to resume, but you're going to have to adapt it a little bit for what it is that they're looking for. And that's where you really just have to look at the job announcement or look at the company's website or follow along on their LinkedIn page. Try to find some information that you can use within your resume that shows that you are perfect for that job in particular. Speak their language. Use the the terminology from the resume. If they're using the word um, collaborate instead of cooperate, use the word collaborate. Definitely put it into their terms because there's a chance if they are using, say, a piece of computer software to screen your resume and they're comparing it to that job announcement, you want to make sure it matches up. Uh, so that's that's one thing that I think, you know, people think they're tailoring it because they change maybe two words on their resume, but that's not tailoring. You need to make sure that you're really looking in at the skills that they're looking for, the, the communication skills, problem-solving skills, leadership skills, however many skills that they're looking for, you need to be very specific about those skills. Okay. That, now that is... That I think is a big thing that maybe a lot of folks don't know. And I know I, in one of my uh, earlier episodes of this show, we talked about tailoring cover letters. Um, I seem to seem to recall somebody telling me I have pretty decent cover letters. I think that might have been you <laughs> in this case. <laughs> but uh, making something like a template for your resume where you can sub in, you know, skill sets and things like that, I think is, is that a, a step in the right direction for folks? Absolutely. So one thing that um, I've taught to some of my clients is creating a master resume. So this could be something that you sit down and it'll evolve over time too, but it might be because normally when you turn in a resume, you want it to be one to two pages. Two pages is fine. Don't try to cram everything onto one page. Two pages, 
let it breathe a little bit. Uh, don't overwhelm the the person with a size eight font, but uh, two pages is fine. People read them with magnifying glasses. <laughs> I I wouldn't have to say that if it didn't happen, but um, you know, you might write this master resume, and it could be five pages long. But what you're doing is you're taking a job that you've had in the past, and you're analyzing it and really thinking about all of your accomplishments, how well you did each of your duties. Um, the kind of big shining moments from that job. And you're going to write about it extensively. But then when you take the time to apply for a specific job, you can take the most relevant pieces of information, what you know that employer is looking for, and you're going to just copy paste the bullet points that you need. So for say, just for example, uh, maybe for one job that you've had in the past, you're able to write 12 to 16 bullet points about how much of a badass you were at this job. But you know that that employer is maybe only really going to be honing in on maybe four to five key skills or maybe the certain accomplishments, or they might be interested in just certain accomplishments. So then that's where you want to really narrow down and make it relevant. That's a big thing about tailoring and, you know, where I was saying how certain volunteer work could be relevant. Keep it relevant, tailor it to what they're looking for. And by doing some of that longer legwork at the beginning, by writing maybe a really long resume and writing lots of bullet points, then you can really streamline it and you can apply for a job rather quickly because you can take some of the more key bullet points and maybe just tailor them slightly again, just for verbiage. If you're trying to match up some of the the wording in a job announcement, but you can use that master resume document to kind of get ahead of the curve a little bit. Got it. Okay. Now there's, there's one thing you mentioned uh, in the, I think it was the previous question I, I asked. I hate to keep on kind of looping back and looping back, but it, it, this was something that I definitely wanted to ask. Since we're customizing resumes and tailoring them, uh, you mentioned that they're using, you know, a lot of folks are using resume systems. And actually, I think that is one of the biggest contributors of why people find a lot of frustration in the job hunting world is because they're, they're dealing with machines and machines are unfeeling and they think perfectly and things like that. They do exactly what you want them to do. Uh, if I recall correctly, those are called A... TS systems or, or automated help me out with that for a second. Uh, yeah. So, and you know what though, a lot of companies, and it just depends on the size of the company. Uh, I know even like federal government is trying to get away from too much of the uh, computer based systems. Well, they are nice putting a human. <laughs> yeah, they are, you know, they might do a, a huge, some companies again, and it just, it's just going to vary. Um, cause every company does operate a little bit differently, but you know, they might do a big, huge, like applicant search, you know, they might have say, let's just say this is a, a massive company, maybe 400 people apply for one job. Sure. They might use that uh, computer based system to cut that pool down to hundred. And then Maybe from there, they'll have someone that might look at your resume for 30 seconds, or maybe they'll cut it down to 50. Maybe that's a a little bit more manageable. Uh, And then, you know, they're going to take those, what they feel are the top 50 most qualified, or really just the top 50 that matched the position best. So that's where sometimes you really do have to hone in on on the language in the resume, because if you're going to make that first cut, you've got to match it really, really well. From there, you're going to hopefully have a human looking at your resume and that's where it does have to, uh, you do have to pay attention to formatting. You want to make sure that it stands out. And I have some tips and tricks for that as well. Um, but with that, 
yeah, those, those computer-based systems can be tricky, but uh, I'm trying to remember exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> I, I think you, I think you answered is that yes, they are still using the, the mechanized version of, of resume searching where even if your, your resume is incredible, if it doesn't match up, it just goes right into the fire basically, right? It just, it gets dumped in the, in the bin and a human being never sees it. Right. And again, it just goes back to, you know, that, that relevancy uh, situation. If you're going to get past the uh, applicant tracking systems, it's, it's got to be relevant. You can't apply for, a human resources manager job with a logistics resume. It's, it's gotta be relevant. Gotcha. And then thank you for saying applicant tracking systems. I realized I said ATS earlier and I didn't define what that was mostly because oh. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> remember. So I'm like, I know it's called an ATS system, but okay. So now though, those things I, th- I think are the bane of a lot of people's existence. And one thing that I've heard, and I really, I would love your opinion on this. I, I think I know, but I'm going to let you, uh, let you again, be, be the expert here. I've heard that a lot of people take, their resume and they tailor it a little bit and things like that. And then they find the job description that they want to apply for. And they, they highlight and copy the whole thing and they paste it into their uh, resume that they're submitting to this company and they make the text white. So it's invisible. (laughs) And then they shrink it down to like a two point font so that you have this beautiful resume. Uh, If you print it, it looks just normal. But if you actually were to, you know, convert everything back to black. It's the resume and the job description stacked on top of each other to fool the ATS. Does that work? Is it a good idea? Go ahead. Well, I mean, it'll work. It'll get you past the computer system, but it's not a good idea because unless your resume does match up, they're going to figure it out pretty darn quickly. I mean, if you're applying for a job that you're not qualified for and say you do get to an interview scenario, if you were never qualified to begin with, that's going to become very apparent rather quickly that somehow you got past the applicant tracking system. And again, they are putting more human eyes on a lot of resumes from what I can tell. Uh, so it may get past that first wave, but if the rest of it still doesn't show that you're qualified in some way, then it won't make the second cut. So basically it's a quick way to a dead end. Yes. Okay. So if you're doing that, maybe don't do that anymore and focus your time <laughs> instead of copying and pasting things and, and hiding them, maybe focus them on tailoring resumes a little bit more finally, correct? Yeah. Tailoring your resumes, uh, speaking to your accomplishments and why you're the best person for the job. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, we've talked a lot about, again, kind of the, the resume development. Now you mentioned that you had some things that you wanted to share uh, from a moment ago uh, I would definitely want to give you that chance so you don't forget them or we don't, you know, skimp on content for people. So if there were some things about, you know, format or anything like that that you wanted to share, Katie, go go for it. Yeah. So with format, um, a lot of times I feel like people are just trying to get words on a page and, you know, they get crammed on there and they aren't really taking the time to necessarily be concise. They're just, you know, throwing a lot of words on a page. So conciseness definitely helps, but in terms of the, the formatting, you know, it's no one wants to look at a giant block of text. We want to make sure that the information is presented in a way that makes it easy for that potential employer to grab information. And so this is where I really tell my clients to pay attention to, and this is, this is going to date us a little bit, but pay attention to above the fold. Um, back in the day when we still used to read newspapers, <laughs> the most important stuff was above the fold. And so you want to make sure that anything that's above 
the, you know, that midline on the front page of the resume is going to be the most important because that's going to be the first thing they look at. They're going to look at your name. And then right underneath that, you want to make sure that you have a dynamic professional summary. Get rid of the statement if you have one. If you have your name, your contact information, all formatted nicely, and then you say seeking a job as a logistics manager. What I already know that if you're applying for a logistics manager job at my company. So a more, I think, uh, useful way to utilize this space is to speak to your accomplishments and your kind of your best hits and your skills. So this is where you want to have an elevator pitch at the top of your resume. You want to say, hey, I am a dynamic communications professional that excels in solving problems in creative ways. Uh, That's just off the cuff there, but there's, uh, I have a, a format or a template. I'm um, actually on my on my website, KatherineFrostConsulting.com. Hey. Um, but uh, I have a, a post on there about how to write a really dynamic professional summary. And you can you can use uh, sentences. You can use some bullet points in there too. And again, tailor that to the job that you're applying for. If you know that they are looking for maybe a degree in I don't know, mechanical engineering, and they also want you to be proficient in certain pieces of software, make sure that you have those and kind of tucked into the top part of the resume. You can say, hey, I've been able to accomplish, you know, I'm trying to just, you know, again, go off the top of my head here, but you can say, you know, uh, professional mechanical engineer with 10 years of experience, and then maybe you list some of that software in a bullet point underneath um, there's definitely uh, really nice ways to format that. Um, so that's something that I would definitely, definitely recommend. And that's, again, going to let them know because they're, say, screening just a lot of resumes. They want to know if you're the right person. Don't hide that important information in the middle of the second page. Put it towards the top where they can see it. Got it. And as you said, above the fold, and, and you're right, that that's – that's not only a, a thing for newspapers. Now, thankfully, this doesn't date us as much. I know that when I worked with a, a marketing firm, uh, oftentimes an email, they would have what's called above the fold, if you will, or where you're, you know, if you open it on your, your screen, uh, that it's still, it's on the screen. That's a, that's the modern day equivalent of above the fold. So, uh, good, good to hear that that is kind of the, the way it goes. And again, for some folks who maybe have that skill set of knowing, you know, of writing and things like that, you knowing where to put things, I think really, uh, is is super valuable, good deal. So, uh, you know, you've you uh, gave us your your website there, which again, CatherineFrostConsulting dot com, which is which is great. Uh, you've obviously had some some success with this. You wouldn't be on here with me if you you weren't good at what you do. Uh, would you care to share a, a kind of a happy story? You know, somebody who kind of got out of that 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 rat race of a you know recruiting hell here. Uh, you know, what was their unique challenge? How did they have to, you know, alter themselves to get noticed? And what did they wind up doing? Um, well, I actually have have a couple examples that I think I'll share. Um, so the it. first one, um, they were actually well-established in their profession, uh, but they were looking at actually getting into a very prestigious education program. Okay. And, and that application did require, and, and normally with one of my resume packages, I include a cover letter. But for this uh, graduate degree program, he had to submit a resume, but then he also needed uh, an admissions essay 
type of type of statement, like a personal statement, but it had to be very, very uh, concise. And uh, I think it only had to be like 250 words. So very, very short. Okay, that's short. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they were, they were just getting right to the point. Um, and, and so it was just a little bit different because it was, you know, applying for an education program and this person just, and I won't, I won't share any names, but yeah, I wouldn't uh, expect they had just a, a very uh, compelling story. Uh, they had uh, emigrated from Africa uh, they had actually, you know, served in the military and they were uh, just really making a wonderful life for themselves over here. And they were looking at furthering their education. And I believe, you know, he, and he was very excited about this, this education program. And he sent me an email that he had gotten an interview and he was really nervous about it. And so I was sending him some interview pointers. And then uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID, the interview, and this was early on in COVID, uh, the co- the interview got moved to a Skype interview, and he had never done one of those before. So I gave him some some prep pointers on that. And then a week later, he sent me an email saying that he got accepted into this program. Only twenty five people got accepted. Wow! And it was yeah, it was very very exciting. Um, so definitely shared in the celebration with my client there. That was uh, really really good news. Um, and then another one uh, was uh, a friend of mine actually. Uh, and she was just trying to get back into the workforce. She had some really good international experience, uh, and she was actually doing a lot of strategic volunteering that helped out in her uh, job search as well, Um, and she was uh, in nursing, and she was able to do some Red Cross missions, and she actually went and helped out um, in some uh, post-hurricane disaster recovery situations as well, And, and again, that was all volunteer work that she did, but it kept her skills fresh, and what could have been um, a two-year resume gap, she was able to fill with some uh, really interesting work. Um, but then also applying for jobs where um, English wasn't her first language. And so being able to take what she, you know, of her impressive accomplishments, but then just present it in a, a way to the employer that was just the next level up. Because she had a great resume. It was just about kind of tightening it up and making sure that all of her newest experience was on there in a way that made sense. And just kind of formatting it because she was, I think, trying to, again, you know, hide that volunteer experience at the bottom. Um, but it was definitely relevant. And so it worked out really well. And, and she was just delighted with her resume and was able to find a wonderful job. Well, excellent. Good to hear. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit here, um, you work primarily with job seekers. Have you ever, ever worked with employers saying like, hey, this is how you get good people? Uh. I know this isn't necessarily, you know, the, the best answer uh, for your <laughs> for your question because it won't really go anywhere. But I typically don't work with employers. Oh, well, that's okay, and that's one hundred percent. Honestly, sometimes there, there are questions that <laughs> that we use to lead in, and that might have been one of them. Um, so, in, in your opinion, though, Katie, you know, obviously you you see a lot of the one side of people asking employers for jobs. You know what? On the other side of the coin in your expertise, what do you think employers are most seeking when they ask for a job? You know, uh, my question here is, you know, what are employers seeking that most job hunters you work with either don't show off or don't have on their resume, but aren't, aren't telling the employer that they're applying for, if that makes sense. You know, what's the, what's the missing piece, I guess, is, is the way to, way to address this for, for the job seeker that the employer really wants. 
Well, you know, on a, on a resume, it's important to always keep it, keep it professional. Um, but if you're able to at least get to that interview portion, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're able to let your personality shine through. I feel like a lot of times when people do get to that interview, it becomes very robotic and, you know, they, they don't smile enough. They don't make enough of a connection with the employer because by the time you get to the interview, they know you're qualified there. It's a personality test at that point. They want to make sure that you're going to be the right person for their team. Uh, they want to make sure that they can connect with you, that you're going to, I mean, it sounds almost like a popularity contest, but they want to make sure that you're going to fit in with the employee culture. Uh, they want to make sure that you're, I don't, I don't know, not someone that's, you know, creepy or weird or, or anything like that. <laughs> Um, but they want to make sure that, you know, you're going to be a decent fit for what it is that they have going on there. And, and so it's really hard to convey that personality in a resume. So that's where you really do have to look at your job application process as twofold. It's not just the resume. It's also the interview. Got it. Well, good deal. Again, again, that is, can be a missing piece is being yourself. Um, I know that in, in my, my past, you know, interviews and things like that, I've been told, you know, be yourself. Well, I'm something of a bombastic person, so I have to have to throttle that a bit. But, <laughs> but you, you mentioned being yourself, and, and I would think maybe for the average human being uh, who maybe doesn't have as quite of an amped up as personality as I may have, uh, that's probably a, a very solid piece of advice, which is great. Yeah, you definitely want to let your, your personality ring through because more often than not, when people do get to an interview, it is nerve-wracking. Absolutely. And so I think people definitely dial back and they aren't providing enough information with their uh, interview answers. You want it to be a conversation. You want to have, you know, stories embedded with your, uh, with your interview answers and the same with your resume. Actually, I'm going to kind of lead off into something else a little bit. You want Go for it. Go your, for it. Your, your, <laughs> anyway. this, and I think this actually is um, more so answering the question about, uh, you know, what people aren't telling employers and they aren't telling their employers or potential employers, rather, they aren't telling this potential employer a story. Each of your bullet points should have some sort of an example uh, told within it. And so say you're uh, talking about, and I'm just going to use communication skills because I I dare you to find me a a job announcement that doesn't say oral and written communication skills on it. (laughs) Uh, um, challenge out there for the listeners challenge out there for the listeners you can yeah. find one email to the recruiting help podcast i'll forward it to katie yeah um so with that you know you want to make sure if you're saying well i'm because you can write a bullet point that says communicates effectively okay great but how are you going to demonstrate that so you want to be able to tell a story within that bullet point so you could say communicates effectively across an organization of 50 people Uh, So putting some numbers to it tells us more of a story. It tells you, you know, how advanced your communication skills might be. Maybe you're writing a bullet point that communicates effectively to 50 people in a weekly briefing or a weekly meeting uh, demonstrating, you know, technical information or or something like that. Uh, But telling, you know, to what extent, to how often you do it, uh, to how many people it's impacting Basically, the effect of your communication skills, how is that improving or enhancing the organization as a whole? How is that contributing to accomplishing that organization's mission? So that's where you really want to think about, okay, great. I know how to speak to my colleagues, but what does that communication 
facilitate? What does that help the organization do? So that's where you really need to kind of zoom out from the whole thing and really look at, okay, so I was solving this, this particular task or this problem. Well, because I was able to solve this problem, the company was able to save $20,000 on something, maybe supplies for a, a project or something like that. And so being able to, you know, really kind of zoom out and tell a story about why your skills are so awesome and how they contributed to the organization, that's, that's really what, what's missing, I think, from a lot of people's resumes is that results aspect. Okay. So, and numbers probably help with that too, correct? Yes. Anytime you can quantify something, quantify it. Uh, guesstimates are okay. You know, don't go too far off the, off the rockers on that one. Uh, but if you have dollar amounts, anytime you can talk about money saved, uh, anytime you can talk about people that were impacted, uh, anytime you can, uh, talk about, uh, time saved, uh, yeah, time saved, money saved people. There's, there's different ways to quantify things. Uh, so those are usually your big ones. Um, but I mean, it can, it can take form in in many, many different ways. Got it. Wow. And again, I think there's so much value there. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm so thankful that you, you came on here because I just, I've even learned more and I've been working with you, with you in the past. And this is great. <laughs> so, all right. Kind of winding things down here because we've been, we've been going way longer than I thought, which I, I'm thrilled about, which means we have a lot to, lot to talk about still, I think. Uh, in your opinion, Katie, uh, for either your lifespan or, or historical or whatever it might be, how tough is this job market? Oh gosh. Uh, that's, that's a good question. I think we're still figuring that out. There's, there's no doubt that that is tough. Um, but I think a lot of it is the reason that it's so tough is because it's still so unknown. Uh, we're not sure how some of the, you know, the economic implications are going to play out. I mean, we're, we're not even through the woods on some of this yet. Um, so I think this current job market, it, it has yet to be seen, but I do think um, it's definitely changing the job market. I think we were probably going to see a lot of companies go more remotely, which I think may be a good thing in the long run. It gives you know people more flexibility in terms of you know their lifestyle, their work to life balance, their childcare, uh, so on and so forth. So it might be tough right now, but maybe we'll see some positivity come out of it. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, you know, you mentioned working remotely. I saw an article on LinkedIn the other day uh, that mentioned that companies are invading our home spaces now with remote work. And I thought, Ooh, that's really almost sinister. Um, obviously <laughs> yeah, it is, it there are so many benefits that you right? mentioned, but yeah, that, that, okay. That might even be an episode in itself. You know, how do you work from home with, while maintaining home work balance? We'll talk about that at some yeah. point. It, but, it uh, boundaries. I'm, I'm glad you, you you put a real nice shine on that. Of of uh, you're like this is great. People can have flexibility and things it's, like that. Yeah, and I'll be honest, it is pros and cons. Uh, you know, I think some jobs translate to work from home easier than others. Uh, and for a lot of people, I think you know they're working in jobs that don't necessarily translate well, and they've had to figure out how to make it translate mm-hmm. to a work from home situation. But then you combine that with it's not I- ideal working from home. Ideally, you know, your, your kids are probably in school or, or one's not your kids, one's kids are probably in school right. and you know, you're not managing this all during like a national emergency crisis situation. Uh, you know, ideally work from home does offer, I think a little bit more flexibility and 
in a situation where, you know, you don't have everyone around and you're able to maybe plan for it a little bit more, you know, you can mm-hmm. definitely create more of those, I think, what are considered necessary boundaries in, in that work from home scenario. <laughs> Uh, I think is the kind of the best way to do it. And I think companies might be a little bit more uh, able to facilitate that as well. Gotcha. All right. So we're winding down here. And again, we, we have gone way deeper, way broader. Like I, I can't tell you how happy I am with it, with how this, uh, this has gone. Katie, this is just, I think it's oh, the best good. episode ever. And thank you. Number one. So let's really dig into it here as at least for my finale uh, in this. And then of course I want to turn it back over to you for uh, a, couple of things that you know maybe you thought were missed or whatever it might be but really getting into it here for a moment so somebody who's listening to this today without spending a dime or invest investing any hours in retooling the resume in your opinion what are the three things that everyone can do to help get their resume noticed and land more communication from potential employers All right. So, and this does, you know, really summarize some of the things that I've already talked Mm -hmm. about, but utilizing that above the fold space, having a well-executed professional summary right underneath your header, I think will definitely help get you noticed. Uh, The next thing is, uh, this goes along with, you know, being concise is just keeping it relevant. Tailor that resume, make sure that you're using their language, make that resume pop out to them in a way that they understand. And then, uh, the other one, the last thing that we just talked about was was numbers, you know, for you to be able to communicate how well you are at doing something if you aren't able to back it up with some data. So if you are an amazing problem solver, if you're able to save money, if you're able to help more people, being able to put numbers to that definitely will help your case. Well, that tied in really nice. <laughs> tied up really, really nicely. Okay. Well, <laughs> We stayed then, on track. Yeah, we did. It definitely stayed on track. Okay. So dear listener... Those three things right there are, are the ones you can do without just, you know, pulling everything apart and making sure that uh, the things are going forward. So as we draw this episode to a close, Katie, is there anything that I missed here or that we haven't talked about that you think we should add to this episode for people in the resume 101 field? Uh, definitely. Oh, oh, man, there's there's so many different ways to to look at your resume. Um, but again, it's really just about telling your story of your professional experiences uh, and using all of those those things that I just discussed, the, your summary, you know, your, your resume elevator pitch, keeping it relevant and then quantifying those experiences. Um, but, you know, don't get too far into the weeds or too wrapped up into, you know, what you think it should be, but just make sure it's a proper reflection of you. And the best way to convey you to that employer. Got it. Well, we certainly covered a lot of ground today, my, today, my friend, and it is, it's time to wrap things up. I mean, we <laughs> usually try to keep these about 30, <laughs> 35 minutes long. Uh, we're, we're pushing towards 50 right now, uh, which is, which is awesome. And I, I think that's, that's perfect because this is a deep topic, as I was saying before, and I'd love to have you back for a 201 episode sometime in the near future. Um, I hope you had fun. I, I had a great time, not only you know yeah. caught up a little bit before the show, uh, but I, ho- I hope you had a good time w- with the interview and everything like that. And uh, we mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but in case folks wanted to contact you or hire you to up the resume game, Katie, where would they find you? Go ahead. 
Uh, they can find me uh, on my website at katherinefrostconsulting.com. And that'll link over to, I also have an Instagram page, uh, which is resumes by Catherine, just the, at resumes by Catherine. Uh, you can find me there. Um, and then, yeah, just you can hit any of those and get in touch with me by email. I have to offer any pointers or look over your documents. Awesome. And that's Catherine with a K, right? Yes, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. Not, <laughs> My not own wife is named Catherine, and I know it's a big deal to you guys. So <laughs> whether it's C's <laughs> or A's or Y's or whatever it might be in there. Exactly. However you spell it. So then on, on my end of things here, uh, wrapping things up here for Recruiting Hell, uh, as always, if uh, you, the listener, have questions, comments, feedback with us here at Recruiting Hell, you can always drop us a line here at the Recruiting Hell Podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Recruiting underscore Hell or, on, of course, on our Facebook fan page. Got to get the Instagram thing going for myself as well. We'll see if Recruiting Hell is available. Uh, but if you haven't subscribed, followed, or shared the show, we'd greatly appreciate it. As, again, there are millions of Americans out there who could benefit more uh, from learning about how to power up their job hunt with great resources like Katie and, of course, this show. Uh, they are your friends and neighbors. Let's get them helped out. Uh, finally, as always, thank you to Purple Planet Music for our theme uh, and, of course, you, the listener, for tuning in. Again, I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. <laughs>